0: Welcome to the Best Things in Life Podcast with Kevin Hamoki. And uh, welcome to another episode of the Best Things in Life podcast with me, Kevin Imoke. Uh, This is my podcast. Uh, if this is your first time checking this podcast out, the way it works is uh, I basically use my talents, skills, and mastermind abilities to determine what the best is in uh, every, any given subject. Uh, I mean, today I'm going to be talking about the best uh van halen album uh but you know what next week it could be uh, the best uh, choo choo train or the best um i don't know sandwich made out of bologna who knows right that that's the thing right there's a million a billion uh possibilities when it comes to determining what the best is in different categories but today i am going to be talking about van halen um other than that uh i hope you guys are doing well uh it's october near the end which means we're we're like three months away from the end of the amazing year that 2020 has been and uh yeah i don't know i mean i started this thing in march um had ups and downs just like a lot of things but i'm enjoying it and i hope to, to 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 be stronger in the in the upcoming years um but yeah if you've made it this far uh thank you for stopping by if you could do me the great honor of uh you know hitting that uh like subscribe and share button you know or just even do it word of mouth you know go go tell your mom go tell your mom about me go tell your mother tell your mother about me and uh you know sh- sh- share 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 the pod and also if you if, if you want to suggest a, a certain t- subject maybe maybe you're in need of like Hey man, uh you know, I just got a kid and I want to know what the best stroller is. I'll I'll find out for you. Or maybe maybe you're back to school and you're like, "Hey, what's the best uh what's the best way to get out of detention?" I have some ways. I'll let you know about that. Um but yeah, let me know in the comments and I'll uh I'll uh I'll see what I can do for you. It's pretty much how it does. I uh, I I uh, I do the work so that you don't have to you know um so let's so today i want to be talking about van halen his albums uh well the band but uh, recently if you didn't know um one of the greatest and possibly the best and this is where I, again i'd have to probably do a bit more of a deep dive but possibly one of the best guitarist or guitarra as we say in another language uh he he died uh eddie van halen edward van halen uh passed away recently and um yeah this one was kind of I mean 2020 he passed away because of cancer and twenty twenty has just been a bitch when it comes to cancer and stuff like that. We we also recently lost uh Chadwick Bozeman aka Black Panther to, to Cancer as well and uh yeah man it just it just sucks that people are, are going this year has been a specifically. There's been a lot of big. There's been a lot of big people dying, you know, and little people too. People that you don't know that have died as well. A lot of people die, right? But um, yeah, no. The reason why, why I want to talk about Van Halen is because. Uh, so basically, in 2015, since 2015, I've been going every summer, to a major rock concert. You know, in 2015, I went to to ACDC. The following year, I did. Think Guns N' Roses, and then it was Metallica, and then it was Bon Jovi, and then last year was um, Iron Maiden. So Van Halen was on one on my was on my list, was on my radar, and was on one of my bucket lists. And now I will never be able to see that, and that sucks. Cause uh, he, they, Van Halen is definitely in the history of of, of rock groups one of the most influential, I mean, they, they pretty much were that they they were in that very sweet spot of like, you know, you had like bands from like the sixties and early seventies, like, you know, uh, well, I mean, if you want to go, you had like, you know, bands like the Beatles and then, you know, and then Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and then it kind of became a little disco-y, right? And then you had, uh, and then if you jump, if you jump after that, you go into the future, Bands, you know, the hair metal bands of the '80s, and then eventually '90s grunge. But in that sweet spot of of of, of late '70s, early '80s, you had uh, Van Halen that that basically created a very unique sound. And uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, I, I found them, I found them through uh, their their song uh, "You Really Got Me." Now, I think back in the day, there was like a TV commercial where there was a there was like this uh, action figure dude picking up barbie in like a corvette and then he was playing you really got me now cover by van halen and eventually you know alert that and down the road and you know you, you you hear some of their hits panama is one of my my favorite songs of all time panama okay so let me talk to you about panama panama might actually be the most versatile song ever created you know panama listen If you're going for a workout, Panama, huh? You know, little, little, you know, it it goes great when you're pumping your arms, you know. Um, Panama is also a good, yeah, good for cardio. When you're out for a run, it just pumps you up. Uh, When you're when you're ready for a big show, or if you're if you're getting for for a big speech, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump before every one of his speeches listens to uh, Panama before getting out there and uh, telling Biden to shut up you know, and Panama, it's also a great, it's also a great sex song, Panama, Panama, uh, uh, uh. like it's, 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 it's a good rhythm song for when you're doing the deed. Um, And also, you know, if, if you ever go on a game show and they're like, Hey, can you sing the entire lyric of one song? Nothing's easier than Panama. Uh, 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 uh. So yeah, Panama is, is one of the most versatile songs uh, from the album 1984 by uh by uh, Van Halen. But let us get into the best albums. Um, but before we do, I wanna I wanna talk about how I'm going to be going about this, because you know I read a lot of articles. I did a deep dive. I you know I listened to all 12 of their studio albums. we am gonna be doing studio albums today, you know. And I, I did a deep dive. I listened to all of them most of them are great they eventually kind of dip down and they're not so great you know um but hey man a band from 1978 to 2015 basically they've been uh, they've they've been on the charts um but the way I'm going to be basically going it down is I'm going to be breaking it down by obviously commercial uh commercial success right so uh, you know I'm going to be doing by sales now the way the way sales works is uh the yeah, what what do you call it? what's that company the uh, R C I I the the record the what do you call it? the certifications right so basically the word the way it works is uh if you uh, if you have five hundred thousand units sold that's a gold album if you have a million that's a platinum and then 200, 200 million plus is multi and then if you get ten million uh that's a diamond. After Diamond Dave. No, but that's that's a diamond uh, series. And um we're just right right off the bat, Van Halen has a couple diamonds, a lot of platinums, and uh, maybe one or two golds. But anyways, so obviously I'm gonna be going by uh, the amount of, of albums sold by the band. That's one way to judge uh success and whether they are good or not. Uh obviously charting, you know, US, you know, you know, how they charted uh in the US and then and, and the billboards. You know, over there, because the more popular the songs are, the more popular the band is. You know, they, they they will show up. Here's the thing. Here, 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 here's my thing. When it comes to people saying like, "Oh, how do you know which thing is the best? You know, is the best. How do you determine? How do you find out about things that are are good and best?" The truth is, if something is good, or great, or 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 or, or amazing, it will find its way to you just like just like finding out like about like Breaking Bad, one of the best TV shows on TV. I didn't get on until maybe season 3, but that's because the word of mouth and the buzz and when I googled the best TV show, like this show would pop up. And just like many of these things, you know, when something is good, it will find you. You don't have to look for it. It helps you'll get the early on or maybe you can discover a hidden gem before it becomes, you know, great. Um, but eventually the 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 best ones rise to the top and um yeah that, that that's that's how you determine that. And then um I, yeah, overall I'm uh, you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be determining it based on uh reviews from critics, people who actually here's the thing, just off the bat I am not I am not a musician, I have no music prowess. Uh, I tried to pick, pick up the guitar once my fingers hurt and basically fell apart. I did play piano as a kid, uh, but I learned by numbers, not by musical notes. So like, you know, that's not really a way to, I don't know how to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to be going with a couple of critics reviews. I'm going to be going with, uh, you know, and I just, I mean, from my own personal, just, just, dude, if an album is good, if a song is good, it's going to fucking move you. That's the thing about music is that music moves you, you know, you know, when a song is good, you know, whatever. And you know what? Sometimes it's a guilty pleasure song too. You know, like I remember who let the dogs out. Nobody, li- dude, everybody listened to that. You didn't want to admit it, but you know, that back in the in, in the early 2000s, you put who let the dogs out and you know, you got down with it, you know, but yeah, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be using those criteria: commercial success, financial success, and um, overall just the quality of the songs coming out of these albums. You know, um, if you do want a more uh, in-depth Van Halen uh, feeling podcast, you got to check out a podcast by a comedian called Dean Del Rey, and he has a podcast called Let There Be Talk. Um, dude, he's 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 not only hilarious, but he's like a fucking music fucking guru or or what do you call it? like a, he's like a yoda of, of 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 rock music and just music in general like you know he talks about amps and shit like that and concerts he's been to and it's and he, he recently did an episode on on uh, Eddie Van Halen and like his first albums or whatever but yeah man it's uh it's a good pod if you want to if you want to know more about the man the myth the legend that is Van Halen but let us dig into the albums. The way I'm going to be going about it is I'm going to be going about it by chronological order. So the order of release. And uh, let's let's work our way. Let's work our way. And once, uh, once I've gotten all the stats and all the figures and all my shit out, I will determine what is the best, let you know, and take it from there. So let's dig into the first uh, Van Halen album, which is self-titled by Van Halen. Halen. Oh, it's called Van Halen. In 1978. Um, This album uh, ended up having, uh, selling uh, eventually a diamond, uh, which is at least 10 million or more. And uh, it topped out as a debut album. It did pretty well. You know, uh, it, uh, it got to the billboard charts of the U S at 19 or whatever, but, the, the thing that really made this album like really good was that it it, it exposed everybody's talents on that album. You had you know, amazing amazing. They did do a cover of uh You Really Got Me now. Um which uh, showcased David Lee Roth's unique voice. I'm not going to call him the best singer, but he has a unique way in presenting he's just a fun around energetic kind of guy. Um but the song that I think really exposed the, the the talent the skill um, of Eddie Van Halen was a song called Eruption. It's basically just a guitar, it's like a two minute guitar solo. Um, he basically does a, what they call finger tapping, where it's just fucking, it's just it's just crazy. Like here's the thing, I mean, you know, you gotta maybe more people are doing it now, but back then that thing was fucking revolutionary. And yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of a lot of great songs came out of the first Van Halen. You know, you had uh, let's see, just off the top of my phone and list. Yeah, I mean, you got you really got me now, which was a cover, "Running with the Devil," right? Which 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 still holds up. Uh, "Ain't talking about love," "Jamie's crying and on fire," and yeah, man, dude, Van Halen, the van, first Van Halen, in terms of who the band was. It's a very top heavy album of like, dude, man, the first like, cause I think there's 11 songs and like the first like maybe eight or nine are straight bangers, man. Like they're, they're fast paced, you know, they're energetic, they're go, go, go. And then near the end, they cup, they call, you know, have a couple of deeper cuts, you know, a little bit more, more rhythmically different songs, you know, and all that stuff. But overall the fucking album is just for a debut album, It's just uh, amazing, you know? So, um, yeah, man. I mean, Van Halen won, 1978. And then a year later, a year later, they came out with Van Halen 2 in 1979. This one did better. Uh, Actually, no. This one ended up having five Platinums, you know? Uh, And then uh, it hit the charts at higher at uh, six hit the US Billboard charts at 6. And honestly when I listened to this album I felt like it was basically a, B- a B-side. It was a B-side to uh to the first Van Halen, you know. Songs again were, were 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 rhythmically great, all that. Um he ended up having another uh uh solo song called Spanish Fly, but he played uh he basically had a riff on um on an acoustic guitar. So if you want if you want to like to see like dude man to see him translate, you know, his guitar skills to an acoustic and make it on a fucking record, it's fucking amazing to, to see. And um yeah, there. I mean they were saying that a lot, a, a lot of the songs on this album did exist pre-Van Halen 1. So in a way it was like they were they were I think they had enough in their library to basically go with one album, two albums back to back. Pretty much I would say in similar, obviously giving Van Halen one, one the better. They, they, they definitely stacked that one a little bit better, but Van Halen too. Great. They had dance the night away as well, which was a commercial hit as well. Beautiful girls. uh, What else we had? And then uh, somebody get me a doctor as well, you know? So yeah, Van Halen too. I, I, I think for a, a lot of bands tend to suffer with the, with the, with a sequel album, cuz you know they tend to put again they put their big hits on that first album they you know their sweat, soul and tear and then the second one they're either rushed into it and you know they they do subpar material or they do something but it's always going to be overshadowed by that first. And I think the thing is Van Halen 2 on its own is a great freaking album but you get you get uh outshined by that first one, right? So Van Halen 2 1979. And then a year later, we have Women and Children First in 1980. And this time this one went uh, three times platinum. It uh, hit the Billboard charts at six. And it was the number one album. It was the first album that they did where they didn't have any covers on it. Because their last previous two had a couple of songs that were, like, I mean, You Really Got Me Now was a cover of uh, The Kink's. Uh, and I forget what what one was one on uh, Van Halen too, but this was the first time that they had no covers. It was all their, all their songs. Honestly, this, this album also, like, if you listen, it is very weird. Cause like it, this one is definitely more heavy metal. It's a little bit more harder rocking. Like I would say like, you know, Van Halen is something that, you know, you take over at a party, but this one's like with your boys, like just ripping it. And yeah, it's it's definitely um uh, they even have a couple of I would say they even have a couple of songs that are I don't know when thrash metal was invented, or whatever, but I would say the thrash definitely had some. There was definitely some thrash in Women and Children First, you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, on that side, yeah, you Women and Children First. What did they have on that one? They had oh, and then obviously they had the commercial hit and the Cradle Will Rock, as well. Um, that did too well. But yeah, most of their other deep cuts, man, it was like. It was like a heavy metal fucking, uh, heavy metal fucking song right there. You know, album. So, yeah, yeah, Women and Children First, 1980. Um, the next one. So, this one, um, I actually tweeted at Dean Del Rey, and Dean Del Rey, uh, said that this was their best album. Um, I'm talking about, in 1981 they came out with Fair Warning. Now, this one commercially didn't do as well as previous and it wasn't their most popular album cuz this one ended up having uh uh two platinums uh and it also hit the Billboard charts at 5. Uh it was their, it was their it, this is also the lowest sale, selling album with david lee roth uh just for you for those that don't know david lee roth will or he eventually left uh van halen to pursue a solo career so he only did a few uh he did six um uh albums with uh maybe more but anyways long story short uh the critics musically speaking musically uh speaking the eddie van halen took more because here's the thing um from from what I'm understanding of the history, and I don't really know too much about the history, I I felt like David Lee Roth really was more of a up up uppity kind of guy about good times, partying, doing coke, strippers, and all that stuff. Eddie Van Halen wanted to have a, a couple more deeper, more meaningful lyrics and more complex songs. So I felt uh, apparently in Fair Warning, Eddie Van Halen had more creative control. He had more contrative control than he ever had before and thus creating um, fair warning, which I think if I, if I had to, if I had to say what it's like, it's, it's, it's more, the songs felt very led Zeppelin. I don't know if that, that, that's a, if that can explain it, but like from previous albums, they almost had, they had a unique kind of like party party and guitar riff kind of sound, uh, kind of songs this one was really like uh way, way more longer tracks like you know instead of like two 2 minute 3 minute songs there'd be like 5 6 minute songs in there as well i mean they did have uh, an opening of mean streets was was one, was was the the first one to open up and then you obviously had the unchained which was another big single out of that one as well but they also had other ones like uh push comes to shove shove and Hear about it later Uh oops yeah there's that one as well and yeah fair warning you know so commercially the the album didn't wasn't i mean it still 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 sold a shitload and eventually people got on it but i think what happened was the, the 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 sound changed right and i think what happens is people usually like um you know they 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 like they like like here's the thing that's why like my favorite band is acdc because acdc basically has the same same freaking song year in year they recently just came out with a new um song shot in the dark and dude it's just like the other one it's a banger it's a it's a hit you know it go it goes on and dude man acdc is like that 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 st- steady steady fucking band whereas a lot of bands like van halen bon jovi a lot of bands that have been around uh tend to tend to dip and go with the times right they tend to adjust to what's popular with the times i mean even if you look at like recent artists like um taylor swift you know she started out a little country you know she was just an innocent little country girl and then she eventually got into to, to pop music right you know she got into pop right and then and then recently she released kind of a folky Kind of album so like you know artist artist eventually if you stick around more than a decade you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna change with the times because you know like they say you either change or die i think nietzsche said that but yeah man fair warning one of their most unique albums and i i would say definitely their most uh musically musically uh musically it's probably their best their best album you know anyways after fair warning came uh one of their i guess not musically this i'm talking about diver down in 1982 they 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 had an album that i believe they 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 tended to rush originally i think it was they were supposed to just do a couple singles but you know the studio obviously trying to trying to push them cuz i think what happened was they 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 really worked it out they really got kind of stretched with um Fair warning. And, uh, obviously they, they, they wanted, you know, they want to, hey, listen, get back on top, get a little hot, do more commercial shit, go the other way than what you did at, uh, on Fair Warning. And then what they did for Diver Down was they ended up doing a whole bunch of covers. I mean, this album ended up having five covers, uh, out of their 12 songs, you know. Now, the covers were great. Like they did a cover of Roy Orbitson, um, which was the which one is uh, the fuck pretty woman you know dancing in the street was also a cover as well and yeah the album also had uh secrets little guitars a full bug and where have all the good times gone gone but yeah the album was really loaded with a co- with a lot of covers so you could tell hey listen not too cuz that's the thing you not not too much work goes other than just playing the song your way right so the album ended up having four platinums and it, it, it climbed up on the charts. It was number three on the Billboard charts. I mean, Pretty Woman covered by by Van Halen was was, was, was a banger, you know? So definitely going to be popular. But critically speaking, uh, a lot of people thought it was just an easy throwaway album, an album that they did just to, like, you know, appease the, the executives, right? Because that's another thing, man. And I've always found it weird about the music industry in general is that, you know, bands and artists would like just pump out fucking milk albums year in year out, like every single year. And I mean, you got to realize over time, like obviously they hire other people to do songs as well, but you got to fear like the creative juices get drained because you know, these bands also got to make money touring as well. So, you know, I mean the time invested in just create like dude, man, I mean, just, I mean, anything creative wise when when you try to put things on a fucking like on a on, on a schedule like oh it has to be done here whatever yeah it's good because it gives you know people a little flame to get it done but sometimes it can hinder people right cuz they'll be like oh I'll just put it out now because fuck it they need it right so i felt like that's what happened with Diver Down it was an album they just needed to get they needed to get rid of or they just needed to pump out to to get money in the bank you know so anyways Diver Down in 1982. And then uh and then the next album, which is my personal favorite. It's their most commercial one, but it's also my favorite. Came out in nineteen eighty-four. And the album is also called 1984. Uh features like a little smoking kid, angel kid with like a cigarette or whatever. But uh this song, yeah, the the album also has uh my favorite song of all time, Panama, like I just said, and it also had um it had their uh number number one song jump, which was their their only song to ever uh, place number one as a hit single on uh, on billboard. uh the album ended up uh having yeah diamond and sales so it was another that so basically it was uh between van Halen one and nineteen eighty four as their most commercial. Uh, 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 selling record, you know, uh, yeah, the U.S. Billboard charts at number two. And uh, this one was also the last album with David Lee Roth before he would go on to to have a solo career, uh, due to creative differences and who knows drama could be drugs maybe fucked each other I don't know I don't know I don't know the actual story but uh Diamond Lee uh, David Lee Roth ended up uh, leaving after this album, uh, and this was also an album where um. More keyboards. Again, it was the mid '80s, so we started hearing more, more keyboard more synthesizers, synthesizers. Um, but Eddie Van Halen is also an accomplished. What a lot of people don't know is that he's also an accomplished pianist. He can play that piano and he can rip those keyboards as well. So he uh, he he definitely put a, a little bit more of that into this album as well. Just like you know, if you you know that that jump, dan 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 dan, you know, so. Commercially speaking, man, uh, 1984 was their biggest album. Uh, you know, they had songs like I'll Wait, Panama, Hot for Teacher, and Why Can't This Be Love? Uh, no, wait, no, no, no. No, they had uh, I'll Wait, Panama, Hot for Teacher. And they also had other deep, deep cuts as well, you know. But uh, yeah, man, that song is fucking amazing. Uh, Jump people are kind of split on jump jump is a very uh generic it it, it was during the mtv era right so you know uh what do you call a lot of people made music videos just for the videos and you know not necessarily complex songs you know just you know jump jump right so 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 it was a very simple song so musically critically a lot of people just thought it was like again like not 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 as Cookie cutter as Diver Down, but it was like, okay, they're 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 becoming commercial. They're selling out, man. But you know what, dude? Sell the fuck out because rainy days, man. Rainy days. You don't know when you're gonna be at the top. So fucking take it while you got it, if you ever get it. So cause a lot of people would kill for it. So, anyways, 1984, their most successfully their 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 biggest uh commercial album. My personal favorite my favorite album i just again i'm a sucker for cheese you know i I like i like proven formulas i like like this is the reason why i do the best things in life i just like the things that are just better easier you know no questions asked right i don't need to be like oh this is my my like i feel like a lot of like a lot of music snobs tend to be like oh dude that's that's my song you know because like you know, nobody else listens to it, you know, and it speaks to me. And I'm like, hey, man, you do you, you do you. But you don't have to, you don't have to impose that on to me. If I, if I want to listen to the fucking Macarena, or if I want to listen to who's popular now, I don't know, fucking Drake. Or if I want to just listen to popular music, and I know it's not as, as deep as, as, uh you know, these deep cuts or these, indie fucking uh songs or whatever nothing that is wrong with i love indie bands too man sloan you know i love indie but i'm just saying i'm just saying that uh you know not 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 everything has to be a piece de resistance you know not everything has to be thing you can listen to just fucking garbage sometime and get get your kicks out of it you know i'm not even gonna say garbage i'm gonna just say you know songs that are just you know cookie cutter right you know you're, you're, you're you know, well, like like for instance, a lot of rap music now today is just cookie cutter. They put a beat, and then they put, you know, like some really dumb, stupid lyrics, and then they sell it out, right? So it's it's all it's all fucking creative, and that's the thing about it. It's whatever you prefer, right? So after the commercial success and after getting rid of David Lee Roth, they created uh another album in 1986. With new lead singer Sammy Hagar, and this would be the Van Hagar era, of uh, of uh, Van Halen, and uh, their album in 1986 was 5150, which was named after the studio that they recorded out of. Uh, this one kind of, I mean, the, the story that I'm hearing out of it, it was kind of like a last minute thing with David Lee Roth, and they got rid of it. so they were they were kind of doing a scramble for singers, and David Lee Roth. I mean, uh, Sammy Hagar already had like a pretty decent uh, solo career. He was with another band. I'm drawing a drawing a blank on, but long story short, they got him in, I guess, last moment. And uh, yeah, they created Fifty One Fifty. Surprisingly, the first song on Fifty One Fifty is called "Good Enough," which I think basically, oh, basically is representative of of basically the next couple of albums with with Sammy is that. Uh, they were good enough, but there are a couple of bangers. Sammy did. Uh, I I felt like Sammy. H- okay, so if I'm gonna compare the two the two eras of David Lee Roth versus Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth's songs, uh, or that era was more of like, you know, fucking having a good time, breaking up with girls, and just fucking and just fucking like that. It's pretty much the David Lee, David Lee Roth, you know, he's there's a song like ain't talking about love. Right. You know, if you know what that means or Jamie's crying, like, why is she crying? You know, who knows? But, uh, Sammy Hagar's era, I, he, they, they kind of doubled down and went more into like the love ballads. You know, it felt like these were, it kind of felt like, okay, Sammy Hagar is more of the relationship man. And David Lee Roth is more of the single man more of the Lothario, more of the gigolo, because he did have a song called Just the Gigolo. But Sammy Hagar's love ballads are what, uh, what what kind of made that era a little bit different. Not bad, just different, you know? So, uh, yeah, in 1986, 5150, uh, with, with their new singer Sa- Sammy Hagar, Sa- Sammy Hagar um, ended up having six Platinums. Uh, it was also the first time that the album was number one on the uh, Billboard charts. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously with 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 big news and and and, and rivalry up, and it, obviously Sammy Hagar had uh, a bigger following, I guess, and just all that news. They 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 actually did more. They they were more successful with Sammy Hagar. You know, I I don't know. Again, I don't know why of that time. I don't know what it was. Um, but they 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 actually were more successful with Sammy Hagar. You know, maybe because um, what's it called? Van Halen had a bit more creative control with Hagar, and then Hagar obviously appealing to like more lovey-dovey songs. So you know, you get the women involved, and hey, listen, man, if you get the women, you get the power, as Scarface uh, likes to say. So yeah, man, fifty-one, fifty uh, definitely. It's the first album of theirs to, to chart high, did well in sales. Um, I mean, the songs on it as well. What did we have on 5150? Yeah, 5150. We had Why Can't This Be Love? Dreams. Love Walks In. Best of both both worlds in the uh, summer nights. But um Yeah, 5150, man. It's uh I, I I enjoyed the love ballads. I just I just I'm I'm more of a David Lee Roth guy. I'm more of a let's just fuck. Let's just have a good time. Let's do some drugs. You know, um, kind of man, you know, so, so David Lee Roth DL DLR speaks a little bit more to me than SH Sammy Hagar, you know. So, uh, after that, in the year I was born in 1988, uh, they came out with an album called OU One Twelve, which, uh, basically. It's OU812. Do you, I don't know if that like it's it's spelled O U and then the numbers 812. But if you say it out loud fast, it's like OU812. Which I don't know the the, the the I don't know the meaning. It's probably an inside joke or there's probably a meaning out there, but I didn't research it. But uh OU812 uh ended up having four platinums. This one also charted number one on the billboard. And uh, this one was like kind of got mixed reviews as as a I again, I think they they were shedding their David Lee Roth skin, a little bit of that skin carried over into 5150 because, you know, the the plane. But OU812 really was just like a love ballady kind of album, I thought, you know, and I think the the reviews, obviously, they were saying that it was a safe album, you know. And that, uh, yeah, I mean, what songs did we have? You're looking at Back and Blue, When It's Love, fit, Finish What You are Started, Cabo Wabo, which, eh, and Mine All Mine, you know. So, yeah, the the the, 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 the songs were very, I mean, we're, we're, we're entering the 90s. And I, I think the 90s was a real hard hit for especially some of these bands that were fucking hard hitting in the 80s to go into the 90s which kind of like mellowed out maybe because you know all that crack cocaine had finally dried up. So, yeah man, I I don't know, eight, eight OU 881 OU812 in 1988 commercially did well like you you can't deny it, but I think the album was uh was a just a very okay album with a couple of good songs, right? And then um I I mean I think this is the one I I, I I think this might have been H- Hagar's better, better, best album with them. Uh, but in 1991, they came up with uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Now, if you break down the letters of that, that's F-U-C-K. Uh, they were kind of having, a, at the time, they were having issues with censorship in music and all that shit. So they came up with this as a tongue-in-cheek album, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, right? f u c k and uh this one ended up having uh three out al- three platinums uh also charted at number one in the u s billboards and uh they actually won a Grammy for best hard rock performance and uh mTV also gave them the award for the best uh video for right now and right now was was had, was used in like at that time many sports intros and like a buildup because has a very it has a very fucking uh epic kind of build up like something you'd want to play before the bulls played you know so yeah man uh fuck fuck that that album uh i i I liked it i mean what this what are the songs that we have from fuck 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 for unlawful no we had pound cake run around top of the world The dream is over right now and man on a mission, you know? So fuck, 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 which was all right, you know? And then, um, and then in 1995, we had the last album with Sammy Hagar. I guess at this time, you know, tensions rose again and Sammy had more tensions with Eddie. So this was the last album that uh, they created. I'm talking about Balance in 1995. Uh, There was a couple of good songs in that one. That one ended up having three platinums, but it's still charted number one at the Billboard, U.S. Billboard charts. But yeah, man, it was the last one with Sammy Hagar. Um, Oops, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then uh, what else? What else have we got with this album? Yeah, we had a couple Don't tell me what I what what love can do, can't stop loving you, Amsterdam not enough, right? So we had we had a couple of we had a couple of songs, decent songs or whatever. Uh yeah, it was all right. I mean, again, mid-90s are starting to fade off in my opinion. Uh but not too bad. Balance. And then uh what do you call the next one is I'm just I mean, it's on the list, but it's not it's not the best. It's their worst. I would say it's their worst album in uh, 1998. They had uh, Van Halen 3. With a new singer called uh, Gary Cerone, uh who came from an uh, I think it was called Extreme, but it was the first and only time they would sing with this guy. It's just their worst album. It ended up having gold in sales and the US Billboard charts it topped up at 4. Uh to be honest, the the lead singer just it just didn't fit. It just didn't it didn't rhyme. I don't know, man. It just didn't it didn't mesh well. Uh, the, obviously the guitar playing and then and, and the rest of the thing were, were on point, but it just fell through, you know? Uh what else? What else? Yeah, so I mean, I'm just putting it on the list but I'm not counting it. And then uh the last album which uh was the return of David Lee Roth in two thousand and twelve a different kind of truth? Uh, David, Lee, David Lee Roth returned, and the, the band kind of returned to its old ways, right? You know, uh, sales—it it only did a gold, but it's still still a pretty new album. Um, charted at the U.S. Billboard at number two. Um, it was the first album with uh, Wolf uh, with Van Halen's son. Uh, Wolfgang Van, uh, who played bass as well, and it yeah, it really it really felt like the song like they had a couple of songs like Tattoo and all that stuff that were more 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 uh, David Lee Roth style, but also the, the the heavy hitting style of Van Halen, and overall, um, yeah, man, fucking, it, it it was return to form as they say, and I liked it. It was like it was it's like seeing an old band do good again right that that that's a you know we all know what they were capable of um you know obviously i'm not going to put it down as their best but it was good seeing them i felt like if they had stayed with roth all these years they maybe would have came up with a couple of bangers they would have avoided van halen 3 or whatever but yeah man they they came out decently good album and then th- thats pretty much it. They—they. They, I mean, I'm not going to do the live albums, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I wanted to see them. I never will, but they put out some great body of work. And, dude, man, that—that's—that's that's Van Halen, uh, one of the best shredders and best performing bands of all time. So, with all those, with with all those bands, uh, with all those albums, um, uh, w- when it came to picking, I, I okay. Just off the bat, I'm going to tell you my top 3. Top 3 in terms of 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 Van Halen are going to be uh and they're they're all David Lee Roth era, right? This is not just from personal you know preferences. This is just how it is. I got to go with top 3 is going to be uh Van Halen 1 uh and then the commercial success of of 1984 and then the more artistic artistic uh, approach of fair warning, you know. So those those are top three in that order. But if I had to pick the best, if I so when, when I'm picking the best, I want it to be an album that I could be like, hey, listen, give it to somebody who's never listened to, to to Van Halen before, and be like, listen, these guys will blow your mind. And I want this album, you know, and obviously it's a success. It has to be successful and and fit all that criteria as well. But if I were to give somebody who's never listened to Van Halen before and be like, hey, listen, do you want to hear one of the best guitar shreds of all time? Do you want to hear fucking bangers that you could blast out of your fucking 1986 Camaro while, you know, with your stripper girlfriend? This is the album you should be listening to. And that album is, in my opinion, the best Van Halen album is uh, Van Halen 1. It's Van Halen one and it's, it's Van Halen one because I think again, it, it, it's just a perfect album. It was fucking top loaded. It had all the fucking songs that you wanted, you know, and, uh, it was great. Okay. I got some random, that's the thing. I do my podcast in a park or in a, in a, in a, an empty, uh, well, it was empty, empty, uh, like ghost station, uh, place or whatever and all of a sudden now it's turned into like a dog park there's like three or four dogs people just walking then there's now a couple people biking but anyways when it comes to van halen i'm gonna blast this fucking song as i leave this dog park uh it's van halen one you know with the if you listen to eruption just eruption alone by eddie van halen and his riffing you will be like yeah this guy's the best guitarist you know and then obviously you know their cover of, of of you really got me now you know them as a band but they, yeah there there are other hits on that album as well it's just very top loaded you know and I think it also goes to show that you know what your your, your debut album can be your best you know you if you pour your heart and soul into it so I think if I yeah if, if I had to go with again not my favorite because my favorite is 1984 and I think musically, cuz at the time they were going to be called the the Led Zeppelin of the 80s and if you listen to fair warning you will 100 agree with that statement like the songs out of that one is 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 great artistically and better and and more 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 uh complex music and songs but i think with the, with the deeper cuts and with obviously the hits and the bangers of Van Halen 1 you'll understand why 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 they're amazing so that that that's going to be my pick for uh, the best uh, Van Halen album uh, let me know in the comments if you agree or not, or if you, if you know a better reason why or why not. Uh, but yeah, if you made it this far, thank you for checking the pod. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, do all the social media stuff. Help me, help you, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And I I hope you 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 go and discover uh, Van Halen if you haven't listened to them, cause they're they're a really great band. You know, I did deep dive and I didn't know like, dude, man, I I never listened to Spanish Fly before this and to hear him riff on a fucking uh acoustic guitar like that blew my mind so anyways and that's another thing too when live shows come back when we are allowed to go to concerts fucking go to them get out there and support little local bands but dude man go check out the the greats before they're gone man i mean it's 2020 can you aren't you amazed that The Rolling Stones are still alive. I'm knocking on fucking plastic right now. Wish I had wood, but dude, man, the fuck that Rolling Stones are still around says something. Or that Paul McCartney. And ACDC just launched a fucking new song. So, dude, man, there's hope. There's hope. But go if there's a band or if there's somebody you've always wanted to see when this thing opens up, go out and do it. Anyways, that's been me, Kevin Amoki. Enjoy. And, uh... Keep on rocking in the free world.